This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We have a very special treat for you. Not only is it a cocktail week, but we have not one, but two guests with us today. We have two good friends of our family. We have Becky Tate and we have Nate Tate with us. So Becky is Nate's mom and they're really good friends of family. Becky's a longtime listener, first time caller. So we're really happy to have them on. So say hello to everybody, guys. Hi there. Oh. Happy to be here. Good to I'm be also here. a long-time listener as well. Okay, Nate's a long-time listener, first-time caller as well. All right. So, Dad, we're doing cocktails this week. It just so happens we're all doing rum cocktails. So, this is kind How of did a, that happen? a I rum didn't... cocktail yeah. episode. Well, now, Nate's doing Sun Boy. Yes. Coconut. Yes. Fritters. So, we're going we're gonna to take a break from our two cocktails, get a little light refreshing, and talk with Nate about the really really cool product that hopefully will come to arkansas and a bunch of other states soon but it's currently being distributed in new york called sunboy and we'll talk more about that when we get into it but dad what's your cocktail this week i'm doing the hemingway daiquiri and some people call it papa doubly which means double the of course dad does a double cocktail which is not new uh becky what did you what cocktail did you make us today well, I'm bringing the mojito because that's my favorite go-to drink. Awesome. And it's also one of Hemingway's favorite drinks. Correct. Yeah. And then I'm actually going to be doing a cocktail called the Il Presidente. So mm-hmm. as we're going to go into it, um, we're all going to learn that all these cocktails are also from Cuba. So yep. actually, so these were like the three main popular cocktails in Cuba during Prohibition. That's right. So, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and start with mine. The Where's Prison. the Cuba Libra? It's, Are we supposed to do that, too? It's with the Coke. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, well, that was a big one at the time, too. Yes, it was. So, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into it. So, let's, uh, let's, all, let's all head into it. We're going to do the El Presidente first. Beautiful pink color. Yeah, this is my cocktail. It is a, it's kind of a light rosy color. It looks like a rosé wine. Uh, but this has light rum dry vermouth it has curacao the traditional recipes has curacao but i use salerno as you know my blood orange my orange liqueur of choice and then grenadine yeah so grenadine is what kind of gives it its color nate you were asking me about that earlier right yeah it has a really beautiful color yeah so cheers let's go ahead and get into it cheers everyone really good you can really taste the grenadine in it too, and I love grenadine. Ah, yeah. So, what do you guys kind of smell in this cocktail when you first smell it? I think I'm smelling that blood orange. Maybe it's because you told me it was in there. <laughs> Maybe, but I I kind of get that bitter orange smell. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what grenadine smells like, but I'm probably smelling that too. What do you think? Yeah. So, what do you guys smell? I'm getting the orange. I'm, you know, my drink, my cocktail of choice is. Um, Negronis. Okay. I, I guess like that has an orange s- smell to it as well. I'm kind of getting like a Negroni. Yeah. That well, bitter I, orange. I, I snuck a taste and you get that, that bitter yeah. like a Negroni. Yeah. So, Becky, what are you smelling and tasting it as you're enjoying Well, I it? definitely smell the citrus smell, which is the orange juice. Maybe that's the more prevalent with mm-hmm. the blood orange liqueur in it. But the, um, I mean, I taste so much of the grenadine because I really like drinks with grenadine yeah. in it. It has that adds such a, a, a nice sweetness. Mm-hmm. 
for me. I'm getting a lot of like herbaceousness. Mm-hmm. Like I get a lot of herbaceousness okay. when I smell it that's behind that. And that's that vermouth. So vermouth adds that kind of little fun um, dryness, but also that lightly herbaceous that you're kind of, when you're talking about a Negroni, you know, Negronis have that bitter orange from the Campari, but they also have that herbaceousness from the sweet vermouth. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this cocktail, you know, dates back to Prohibition America or America's Prohibition. And there's a debate on which Cuban president it's named after. So this was one of the, the all the people who would or could get away from the United States and go drink down in Cuba. If they didn't go after a mojito or a daiquiri, they would do an El Presidente. Right. Um, it's a very, it's got a really interesting history when it comes to the cocktail. And I just love it because it's really nice and balanced and nothing really fights, fights about it. Well, Becky, since you're on the show and Nate, you guys are both listeners. What have been some of your favorite episodes to listen to as you've been kind of going through with us in this just after a year long journey? I know. I really loved the the episode you had that you kind of went through your past year. Mm-hmm. But some of my favorite episodes were the ones where the co- usually the cocktails because you always like the stories behind it yeah. and uh-huh. the history behind uh-huh. it. And the one where you did about the Rat Pack, the, okay. that one, yeah. you know, the different drinks that they had. I yeah. really love that. And then, yeah, that's the Rusty Nail. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then, then I love the one about the where you talked about the distilleries of the of the woman that of the women that did distilleries i think up in montana the uh the bootleggers the bootleggers yeah that was just fascinating what you did so i really love that yeah nate what what have you enjoyed yeah um i just like the way you describe the drinks and you kind of bring it i can kind of taste it through listening to the podcast and i'm thinking about one you did it might have been for tequila but um it was like something about when you drink it, it makes you you see a color, mm, mm-hmm. and and it was like it's the color of a sunset or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I remember liking that. The green flash, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. green yeah. flash. Yeah, I'm weird. You know, I I have this. One of the ways that taste will present to me when I talk about it is sometimes it just tastes like a color. So they, yeah, well, cool. Yeah, I did a lot of Wikipediaing after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does that actually happen? Is that a real thing? Have you ever seen a green flash? No. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, it's a function of how much rum you drink. Okay. <laughs> Some people say that. <laughs> and it really, you can see it in Hawaii or any other place where the sun is really setting over the ocean. And you can see it. Yeah. And so it's just a function of that blue ocean, blue sky, and then the orange sun coming down, yellow sun coming down, and just that instantaneous green flash because yellow and blue make green yeah and it's just it's just like that and it's gone so don't blink okay (laughs) and don't look at your glass (laughs) yeah (laughs) well so becky we like to talk with our guests kind of how did you get into kind of what's your origin like thinking back to mojitos well not mojitos because i know you want to talk about that when we drink it but just getting into like, what's kind of your history when it comes to alcohol and were you, did you kind of start enjoying stuff in college or was it later in life or do you have any kind of stories that kind of go along with that? Well, I mean, I was, I didn't, I didn't drink until I went to college mm-hmm. and um, 
So then it was like a hidden drink, of course, because I went to Hendricks College and that's when girls had, you weren't supposed to do anything. We had curfews and everything. But we always kept a really big bottle of slow gin fizz in our, or slow gin in our room. Okay. And so I really got into slow gin. Under your mattress? Oh, yeah. Oh, under the bed. (laughs) We hid it under the bed, of course. And because uh, we used to have like dorm checks, room checks, and everything. Nate, Nate's and, over there rolling yeah. his eyes. He's found out <laughs> stuff he's not supposed to know. You know, all right. So that kind of started me like my first thing into alcohol because I I liked the sweetness of it because mm. I was really a sweet drinker. Right. And uh, as I've gotten older, I've gotten less and less through this the sweet part mm-hmm. of it. But I didn't like beer and I didn't like wine because it was too tart. Yeah. But I always liked the. Uh, the, the sweet drinks uh, that you made, and particularly like slow gin, that was like my college drink. Yeah. Then I kind of graduated into tequila sunrises, mm. you know, the, all the that kind of thing. Yeah. You can tell what era I'm in. So. <laughs> <laughs> we won't we won't ask. Okay. But, um, but so Nate, slow, slow gin, or I think so. Is it slow gin or soul gin? Slow. It's slow it's like gin. S L O E. Okay. Yeah. Slow gin. It's a Gin that's not as floral as like normal gins. It's also okay. known as Dutch gin. Mm-hmm. So they focus on more fruits and aromatics rather than like juniper and that kind of stuff. So it does usually end up to be a little bit sweeter. But then when you add it with, what did do you remember what you added it with to make your fizz? Seven up. Seven up. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's uh, the fizz. There's, there's the <laughs> fizz and some ex- right and extra sweetness to go along with it. <laughs> what about you, Nate? I know what's your... Story. Oh, I'm really interested in this. Yeah. Well, my dad was in the Air Force, and we lived in Spain when I was a kid. We left. I guess I was there from like seven, age seven to ten, and I don't know. I mean, over there, kids can drink pretty early. And yeah. My parents were pretty <laughs> liberal, I guess, when it came to that. We'd go out to go have tapas, mm-hmm. and um, I remember having like little tiny glasses of brandy. Um, and also sangria as a kid. And I guess that was my first introduction to alcohol. <laughs> I remember my sister had a little bottle of brandy that she carried around with her. She says that. It was a little miniature. She, she didn't really drink it. <laughs> she just carried it so yeah. she could have it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I went to college. And yeah. Had, yeah. Did the, did the normal college <laughs> thing. Yeah. And oh, cool. So what about, what was like, and, you know, feel free to, drink the cocktail as, okay. as we're talking about all this because these these are just more conversations where we're just going to kind of we'll go through a cocktail chat a little bit a little bit about it and then mm-hmm. move on to the next one do you remember the cocktail that like got you into cocktails because i know you said you talked about like you went to the tequila sunrise and you know doing the normal college probably you know college shot stuff and you know, what was that? Or do you remember a, a cocktail or a drink that you were like, oh, ah. this, this, this can be something different? Well, mine was the daiquiri. Okay. You know, that was just, just became the thing when I was like in my 30s. That mm-hmm. was, that was the, that was the daiquiri. Everywhere I went, I had to order a daiquiri. And then you had so many different now, flavors. Frozen? Frozen, frozen daiquiri. daiquiri. Then you had yeah. so many different flavors of daiquiris that, you know, just kind of expanded. Mm-hmm. It was like fun mm-hmm. to have like a watermelon or a raspberry or a strawberry, yeah. strawberry daiquiri. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know you have stories about strawberry daiquiris. So. <laughs> we're <laughs> the, the vi- same era. The, yeah. vi- the vodka. Yeah. All yeah. tied up with vodka's got too many stories in it. 
That's cool. What about you, Nate? I'm just thinking uh, I, I went to Baylor University in, in Waco, okay. Texas. Babish University wasn't a lot of, a lot of drinking allowed. Um, and then I went to an exchange program for a year in Beijing, China in the year 2001. And uh, my roommates were these two Australian girls. Mm-hmm. They were drinkers. And uh, that was kind of my first introduction and just like cocktails. And they always said cocktail hour and stuff. And this is not a very sophisticated cocktail that I'm thinking of. But I think it was just like Cointreau and orange juice. Mm. Um, mm. And that was, I don't know, that was the first time that yeah. it wasn't just like a beer or, you know, that... <laughs> And they, they presented it very classily, and I was like, this is pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Well, as we're getting into this cocktail, Dad, what do you think of it? Oh, I like it. You know, we went to uh, a restaurant the other night, and they had Negronis that were actually in a little bottle. Mm. They bottle their own. It's like this, I don't know how many ounces that was, six maybe? That's a normal cocktail little size. size six-ounce bottle, and it's a Negroni. And this is very refreshing like the Negroni because I like that bittering. You know, I like IPAs, yeah, which are bitter <laughs> beers. So that, I kind of get into that. Yeah. What about you guys as you're kind of getting into it? What do you think? I ju- I really love it because it has it has definitely had that sweet, not too sweet, mm-hmm. sweet taste. Like I said, I love the grenadine taste. Yeah. But I also love the blood orange mm-hmm. in it too. So mm-hmm. I'm, I really like it. I've never ordered this before, but yeah. I might might do that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, if you even want it even sweeter without being mm-hmm. overly sweet, you could use like Grand Marnier. Okay. If you use Grand Marnier or something like that, it's going to be a little bit sweeter because Grand Marnier. And less bitter. Yeah. Grand Marnier, Grand Marnier tastes sweeter than the Salerno, if I'm remembering right, from, right. Our, from our episode. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I, I like how it, it hits you. Well, it's very, like, the smell is really good as soon as you put it up to your nose and then feels very bitter but then it really ends with this sweet finish yeah which is really nice this seems like a really good like summer drink yeah that grenadine really kind of gives it that kind of lets it finish through i think and i think that's kind of what you were talking about with besides being pretty yeah i like how you you got it in these like short champagne glasses Mm -hmm. and the light goes through it it's just a really pretty color and you know if you use so i use i use light rum you know you can use like a gold rum or a, mm-hmm. a lightly aged rum and you'll get a little bit more of that spiciness that'll come through and then because uh, some of the iterations i've seen in pictures it looks orange so having that darker extra rum, like sure, that, that, that darker rum would give it that orange i wouldn't use like a black rum or anything like that anything too heavily spiced because it would just i think it would overpower the cocktail I think it mess up the color too. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, part of it is when, when I'm drinking a cocktail, then I like the glass. Mm-hmm. Part of it is the, the glass, which yeah. I guess would be the presentation and the color of it. So mm-hmm. this just kind of fits everything I like. Yeah. What do you think, Dad? Like I said, I like I think if you tried to make this a double, though, it wouldn't work. No. <laughs> Unless you just uh, double everything. Yeah. I got a bad reputation. Yes, sometimes I add a little more liquor. And of course, and, and of course Papa Dobley. Yeah. I wanted to do that one. It is a double, but it's the Hemingway special. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you taste it, you'll know that it's a double. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's just a great, I think it's really great. I think it's a great other rum option because i think for at least in my knowledge of rum cocktails and kind of what gets ordered at a bar or what you may see in the menu 
for rum drinks, you're going to see daiquiris, you're going to see mojitos, you're going to see, you know, a Cuba Libre or some of those other really well known. And this one is not quite well known, but I think this would be a great for somebody who loves Negronis or loves that bitter side of cocktail. If you want to try something different, if you're just trying to, you know, get out of your rut, this would be a great option because everything that's in here, I would think a bar would have. Right. I think some cocktail bars may not have Grenadine just because it's kind of fallen out of fashion, I would say. Wouldn't you kind of say? Because you, I mean, I'm just thinking, I don't know of maybe one or two bars in Little Rock might have it. And Nate, Nate's from New, Nate lives up in New York. So that's kind of why I'm looking at him saying, what do you think about? I have it in my one of my bar cabinet because yeah. I use it mainly for, for color, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we have it, but it, we don't use it that much because yeah. it is it is syrupy sweet. Yeah. Grenadine is. Yeah. And for me, it's sometimes too sweet. Sometimes the way the bartender makes whatever drink. Sometimes I'll just say, eh, hold the grenadine. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that tequila sunrise? Doesn't that have a lot of grenadine mm-hmm. in it? Yeah. See, yeah. I like that. That was like one of my, yeah. you know, younger day drinks <laughs> right. too. But they're really making a comeback. They are. And I think, because I, I live in Florida and mm-hmm. I see them like now on happy hour specials, you can get tequila sunrises or daiquiris. Mm-hmm. Or, so those those drinks like from the 70s, I guess, or the 80s are really yeah. are making a comeback. And a lot of times they're coming back and a lot of bartenders will kind of take them back to their roots. Okay. And, you know, because that um, kind of in the, you know, in the late 60s through probably the late 80s, I would say, cocktails got really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, at least American cocktails got really, really sweet. And now they're kind of starting to slide back and mm-hmm. try and find out, you know, where did the cocktail actually come from? And is it actually one that could be worth saving? Because I, I mean, I think of, you know, especially shot culture when we did the kamikaze. Right. Because, you know, kamikaze is a big mm-hmm. shot, but it's actually started as a cocktail. Right. So I'm seeing some of that kind of resurgence around. Now, where did this originate in Cuba? Said Cuba. Didn't tell me exactly where. Okay. So there's I wonder a, if it was the El Floridia. So there's there's a de, there's a debate on where it actually where it actually started, and then you know, like I said, which president it was named after. It doesn't really talk about which bar, mm-hmm. but some people say you know it was a it was a Cuban bartender. Some say it was a an American bartender that moved to Cuba in in you know, the early, like, 1915 um, could be when he was there. But it doesn't really say, like, a hotel or where the establishment was. Okay. All right. Or some people think the Vista Alighieri, or the, that was the Italian way to say it, where it came from. But the two presidents are Mario Garcia Min- Mendesal who was president from 1913 to 1921. And then the other one is Giardo Macadeo, who was the, who was a general as well as president from 1925 to 30. Mm-hmm. So they're, it's kind of the, they're kind of not quite sure where it came from, but it was an ode to their president. of yeah, Okay. All right. Anything else about this one before we kind of yeah, check out this double, Yes, let's this go to the double. This <laughs> double. Uh, well, well, no, we're going to head to the mojito next. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, right. Well, yeah we're going to save the big one for last. Okay. <laughs> mm. 
So, right. Becky, this is your okay. um, mojito. Oh, before we go to that, let me tell you how to make this one. So, the El Presidente, it's a one part a white rum, a half a part of vermouth, and then a third of a part of your orange liqueur, and then a half a teaspoon of grenadine. And you stir it up and then strain it out. Okay. And it's good to go. So. So since you've got me as the double man, I could start with one part, which is two jiggers. <laughs> you you could, but then you have to do one whole jigger <laughs> as the next one, and then two thirds of a jigger. I <laughs> was just our, kidding. I'd never, brain going. I'd never do that. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and head to the mojito that Becky made for us. So Becky, well, go ahead and tell us about the mojito. Well, I was going to tell you first how I like really had my first mojito because it was kind of like a you know a, a but really great memory that I have. It was really about, it was about 18 or 20 years ago, I think, 20 years ago. You were just a baby. I was. Right. I? I was in Puerto Rico with some friends, and um, we were just wandering around. This is before, like, TripAdvisor, when you, like, can look online and find out where to go, where the best things are. So we were just wandering around in old San Juan, and I mean, they mm-hmm. have the cobblestone streets, and it's just, you know, so quaint, and people were just out, you know, drinking and dancing in the streets, and we just kind of went into this, like, hole-in-the-wall type place. You know, had the stucco walls, and mm-hmm. you know, just a long bar, and so I just went up to the, to the bartender and said, give me your especial, so that he gave me a mojito so that was that was it that was my beginnings of the mojito yeah now do you think you could walk back to that bar this well i've been back to puerto rico about four times since Uh then and i've never found that same bar so you know know, it's a unicorn yeah (laughs) it was so it's a uh but that I always search for it because yeah. I, I know I would remember it but it was just you know some alleyway that we were walking it was late at night yeah anyway but that became like my definitely my go-to drink I mean from then on to the rest of the time I was in Puerto Rico I for sure that's all I drank was oh was really mojitos. Okay. and uh, it's a very refreshing drink but then I started going places I went back to Ohio where I was living in or any place I travel, I would order a mojito, and I found that mojitos are really, they mean, not all are created equal. Yes. They are, it really depends on the bartender and how they do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of bartenders have told me that they don't like to do mojitos because it takes time to do it correctly. Exactly. If you don't do it correctly, then it doesn't taste right. I mean, mm-hmm. some are just too bitter, some are too sweet, or they're too watery. Yeah. So it's just, you know, you really got to have to know how to make them. So uh, right before COVID, I was in Puerto Rico, and um, I decided that I was going to learn to make it you know, from the from the best. So I mm-hmm. went to the Bacardi distillery there, mm-hmm. and which is the you know award-winning famous rum mm-hmm. <laughs> that we all drink. Mm-hmm. Took a mixology class of them, and oh, so cool. they they told they went into the place. It was really really cool. You go in and they have beakers and you know different dishes with all your different ingredients in. We made like three drinks. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like going to chemistry class. It was so mm-hmm. serious. You know, yeah. It wasn't, it was a very serious thing. And the, uh, I found out, you know, the different things that made it, made a mojito, whether it bitter or, 
or whatever. And I think one of the the main thing that stuck with me is that not just the ingredients of it, or and also the process of how you put it into the glass, but also never put a stem, your mint stems in there. The stems will, and that's where if you get a bitter mojito, Mm -hmm. the the mint it probably has been included with the stem. Oh, because that will uh, that makes it bitter. That gives you that bitter taste. So I don't know if you've ever had carbonic mojito. Yeah. No, it's not <laughs> <laughs> but just and it'd be, you want to go there. It's more tannic <laughs> at that point. Or it really gives you that that really a bitterness that I don't mm. I don't like. And so you can kind of see how your bartender's doing it. Mm-hmm. You can see if they just put the whole mint leaf in there with this with a little even a little bit of the stem before they and they start to muddle it. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a much bitter one. The so the process is learned about the process which was you know it's really pretty simple but it takes a little bit of time i mean it's just because it's just the ingredients are lime juice uh, white rum mint club soda and some sugar Mm -hmm. the uh, some people will use uh, simple sugar or simple syrup simple syrup yeah um i mean that's easier but it's a after you make it, but I think it makes, it makes it to me, I don't know if I can't control how much I put in it, but I can't, I make them a little too sweet for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Simple syrup is tricky when it comes to any type of cocktail, Mm -hmm. because you don't know exactly know how sweet that batch of simple syrup is. Because to make a simple syrup, you have to, you know, boil the water or at least heat water and then sugar. And so when you're heating it, you're getting evaporation of the water. Mm -hmm. So even if you're staying at a one-to-one ratio, you know, sugar to water, some of that's going to evaporate off unless you somehow trap it and re- recirculate it back in. So it can be sweet. And, you know, especially if you're reading a recipe, you know, because you may make your simple, you know, where you boil it out. I may do mine where I kind of slowly simmer it. And so your simple may end up being sweeter than mine. Or, you know, depending on what sugar you use. So I, I'm a huge proponent of always using sugar, real sugar when you're making a cocktail. Sugar Unless, in the raw. Well, any, any, it depends. It really I enjoy sugar in the raw personally. But if you're using, if you're going to use sugar or some kind of sweetener, use the real stuff. Don't, don't do a simple, unless you're making the cocktail up yourself. Because then, then you can really control yeah. the sugar amount. And it, I, since I don't really like them to be super sweet anyway, then I just have gone away from it. Because I actually learned in the mixology class they used refined sugar. Mm-hmm. So they were using about three teaspoons per glass. And so I've gotten mm-hmm. it down to where I use two teaspoons okay. per glass. Oh, okay. I use, I've been, I use refined sugar, which is what they used in the mm-hmm. mixology class. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems to uh, melt or, or dissolve yeah. into, the, into the lime juice more mm-hmm. easily. Anyway, so the process is you put a lime, basically a, a, a juice of one lime into each glass and with with cut it up, cut up the lime in fourths or, and put it down. And then you put in the sugar. So I put in, so if you like sweet drinks, do three teaspoons. If you don't, do two teaspoons. And then lightly muddle it. Use a muddler mm-hmm. and muddle it down at the end of the glass uh, until the sugar's really dissolved with the lime juice. Yeah. Then you put in the mint. And it's the 
the Bacardi recipe is 12 leaves per glass, per okay. drink. So, and but what you do is you tear the leaf in two. So you've got 12 leaves. So you've really got 24 halves. Mm-hmm. So you tear the leaf in two because if you tear it in two, then it like releases more yeah. of their... Uh-huh of the flavor and put it down in the end with the lime juice and the sugar and you muddle that not not overly muddle it because mm-hmm. you don't want to like break up the the not so hard that you break up the mint leaves but just enough to make it really dissolve into it and then you fill up your glass about halfway with ice mm-hmm. and then put put in your um Bacardi rum. <laughs> remember, I went to Bacardi schools yeah. or that. So. so it's always Bacardi yeah. rum. Yeah, Bacardi <laughs> white rum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh oh, uh, we messed up. Yeah. Yeah, we no, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We used Bacardi. Please send us the check. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, um, uh, and then you fill it up, fill it whatever you want. You know, they say two two ounces, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I think drinks of rum. Are, yeah, I think two ounces. That's a double. These are big glasses, but I really put in more because I really think that yeah, I like. <laughs> Wait a minute! It, I like the taste of it. Yeah, I like the taste. How much of rum it. did you put in? Oh, oh, I just kind of eye it to what I like. You know? Oh, maybe. you didn't even use a jigger. Uh, now I got the bad reputation. Look <laughs> <Yeah>. at this. <laughs> oh, it's probably not... a little more than two. I'm just saying that the Cardi recipe calls for two, but. Two-ish. She's a Two-ish. good bartender. Yeah. She just eyeballs it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, making cocktails, you've got to be creative. Mm-hmm. And so this is when you add in your creativity, you know, you see, you just kind of eyeball it to see what you want. <laughs> I'm not making fun. And then you top it off with club soda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mix it up really well mm-hmm. and then garnish it with a sprig of mint or is if you're in Cuba or Puerto Rico, then you garnish it with a piece of sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of hard to find around here, but yeah, uh, but that you know that well, just kind of adds a little bit. Well, now some people strain that mint out, and to me, that's just wrong. They you don't. I mean, some people if you, do. If you're going to yeah. go by the by the by the true way, I know, right? But uh, Nate actually has made mojitos when he just blends it all up. Well, it's <laughs> called a frojito. Oh, frojito. Yeah. Okay, and, uh, I, I recommend that too. You just you put the whole thing in a blender, and it turns into like a mm. consistency of a pina colada. But it's a also oh, it's a mojito sickle. Fr- it's a frojito. it's a frozen <laughs> mojito. Come on. Well, I'm going to let you. I'm going to talk a little bit now because you need to drink your drink. Okay, it's absolutely amazing. We've All talked right. quite a bit. This is such a refreshing drink, and well, Becky's right. This is a technique drink. Mm-hmm. This drink is. Driven by technique, muddling, juicing the sugar, the eyeballing the liquor. It really is a technique. And if you think back to a cocktail episode that we talked about when you were out of town and Jordan was on with me, yeah, the tools. This is, yeah, this is a glass built cocktail. Yeah. This is a cocktail that you build in your glass. And I understand the eyeballing of the liquor because it can depend on your glass. Now, I'm sure you know exactly how much to pour in based on the glasses that you have at home. And so with these are new glasses, so you're like, well, two ounces just might not be enough because this glass may be a little bit bigger or I may be putting in more club soda. So you're right. You do want to take a you do have a little license to mess around with it. Now, have you been to La Terraza here in town? Yes, I was there last night. And their mojitos? How does it stack up? 
Well, I mean, I like mine better. Oh, yeah. Of but course. is it, a, is it a, for people who may be looking? Oh, no. In... That's it. They had, I actually had so, a mojito last mm-hmm. night. We, we were there with Becky and your uncle. Yeah. And Joanne and I. And we got a picture of the mojitos. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure they gave us enough rum. Well, we ended, maybe they we, we asked the, the rum. We asked them for more rum. We did. More rum in. We did. We did. So, so they yeah. didn't really eyeball that rum, right? Right. But you know, Becky's right. If you, a lot of places, if you go and you try and order a mojito, they, they may say that they don't have mint or they don't have such and such. They don't have sugar. But a lot of times they just, like you said, they don't like to make it because it takes. It takes a while to make because you do need to muddle things. You have to it's like muddle intensive. it. You have to muddle it in stages. You know, when I ordered one back in one of the episodes when we when I had a repas mm-hmm. as my pairing, yeah, this same place La Terraza had this like a repas platter that you could buy. You got like eight arepas and a pitcher of mojitos to go, and I. I get there to pick it up. He's like, oh, it's going to take me a minute. I got to go make it. Thank you, Kovic. He could go take that picture home. I could take it (laughs) home. Thank you. That's an Arkansas law thing. We couldn't take alcohol away until COVID, halfway through COVID. Well, the initial round of Arkansas COVID, but that's a... Same with New York City. Yeah. They just opened that up in New York. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's good to know. But he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to... I've got a... I've got to make these mojitos for you. And it does. It takes three to five minutes to make a mojito from scratch and make a good one. Like, well, and know, I think there's an art, art to it because you said 12 leaves. Well, mint can have big leaves and they can have small leaves. So I think it's an art of knowing how big and how many if they're really big leaves or how many if they're really small leaves. And then that whole thing about the sugar too mm-hmm. is it's a it's a taste driven thing. It's like some people like it really sweet, some people don't like it sweet. And I'll talk about Hemingway later. And you know, it's just how do you like that mojito? And it's like maybe you have to tell him to bring more rum. Maybe you have to tell him to muddle <laughs> some more some more mint. Yeah, or and, and even with the sugar. You know, because like you mentioned, I like right. sugar in the raw. Right. Sugar in the raw tastes different than refined sugar does. So you have to adjust at that point. You know, a couple of nights ago when y'all were for dinner, I made an old fashioned. Well, I didn't have sugar in the raw, but I used brown sugar. But I used less. So you have to understand those things. And it all comes within trial and error. And sugar in the raw will help you muddle it better because they're the granular size of Mm -hmm. the sugar is bigger and so it kind of gets into that mint but it doesn't dissolve no as well so it does so you have that like there's there's so many trade-offs this and that's why like you know knowing your tools and then trying and figuring out because i've tried it with the raw sugar Mm -hmm. but uh just because i just wanted to try something different even though my mixology class said the the refined sugar and but it did it the refine really does dissolve yeah. better mm-hmm. and so and and then like I said I don't like to use a simple syrup so mm-hmm. you know just kind of went along well with run what I one like recipe better. I saw said powdered sugar that's why I was oh, asking really? yeah I was oh, asking you earlier I seen that about one. powdered sugar because okay. that would that yeah. would really melt yeah, yeah it would yes it would I'll throw another variable in the mix too uh, 
if you if you're just taking like uh, mint from your backyard, you know, it can grow and grow. It's a weed, and the leaves get really big. And actually, when the leaves get really big, they're not very potent. The smaller right. leaves have more flavor. But they start to get bitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another variable. When you're looking at it, you need to make sure you have you want to go to the smaller leaves. Yeah. This is really good, Becky. Yeah. It's this is. I mean, I'm almost done with mine. Um, it's really, really good. So refreshing. Now, if you want to make a mojito, now this is going to be a really weird variable. Don't have mint, but you happen to have mint bitters in your cabinet. Mm-hmm. You can actually make a close to a mojito. Now, it's not quite as fresh as an her- and herbaceous mm-hmm. as it. And you may need to kick your sugar up a little bit. But I've done it with a mojito, and I've also done it with a uh, mint julep. Yeah. Oh. So if you don't happen to have mint, you don't want to muddle it, you can take some easily d- dissolvable sugar, some dashes of mint bitters, because it's, it's very potent, it's potent mint flavor, um, and then kind of build, build your cocktail around it with the lime and everything as well. And if you don't have lime, but you happen to have like lime LaCroix or any type of lime sparkling water, you can use that to kind of give you that faux lime taste. You know, that's what I did with that Paloma that we mm-hmm. did at your party. You know, Palomas actually call for lime juice. I didn't want to use lime juice for that many people, so I used a lime club soda, basically. So you get that nice flavor, and you can still kind of give yourself this cocktail, even if you don't happen to have everything. And it's not going to be as good. As when it's muddled, but it's an option. Right. You know, I enjoy mint bitters. Mint bitters help me get off soda because I use club soda and bitters to give me flavor. And it just, it was a, it was a great way that I could get, you know, carbonation and flavor that wasn't, because that's what I really was craving in the, in the sodas. And so that's another option as well. If you happen to have those things around. Now, Becky, when you're at the Bacardi plant, uh-huh. is is that the only cocktail they showed you how to make? No, we did the uh, the rum and coke for the Cuba uh, Libre. Cuba Libre, and we did. Oh, a, that's really uh, hard. Oh, yeah, and then we did <laughs> a uh, we did one other, maybe a daiquiri, would that yeah. be rum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. we did a daiquiri on that one. So mm-hmm. you know, we had the shaker and everything yeah. because you don't really. You you don't really use the shaker with the with the mojito, no. Which you that they did with the with the daiquiri. So yeah, right. I will say a few years ago, when Obama opened up the travel restrictions on Cuba for a little bit, we went to Cuba and went to the place where Hemingway's off Florida, Well, La La. This uh, Boquita de Medio. I think there's like dueling bar places okay. there that say that they have the claim to him. Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> Hemingway was an alcoholic. He drank wherever. Yeah. He, he stumbled but, out of one yeah. and went to another. He didn't, I don't think he was that loyal. <laughs> the one we went to had like some I think he was, but yeah. yeah. Well, I also had his room where he stayed. We toured that. So anyway. We, we had a great mojito there. Oh, I'm so sure. no matter what. It, mm-hmm. And they claimed that they made it. But actually... The whole origin can go back to they say to the 1500s. So. No, yeah, this uh, seems like the a conquistadors made it. Um, I, can, well, the, I mean, I could see this being a pirate drink because it was because it would it's got citrus. Mm-hmm. So if you know medical people know citrus saves off scurvy, so they would have rum, 
you know, they'd have their ration of rum, mm-hmm. they would get their juice, and, you know, they'd stay healthy. Well, well they, they didn't just... have any club soda, so they just put in like a water. spritz of water. No, they probably didn't put in anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, in fact, one of the origin stories is from the 1500s with Sir Francis Drake when he was in Cuba and his a lot of his pirates had scurvy. Mm-hmm. So they went into town to see what the locals, you know, did medicine, and they came back with rum and mint and sugarcane juice, and they mixed it to be a drink. So that was the, that's one of the origin stories. Well, too bad they didn't have Sunboy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, another scurvy saving off drink that goes into the 1970s drinks that look backwards uh, is a a Long Island iced tea. Oh. Um, it one of its origin stories is that it was on a sh- it was one that was created on a ship because mm-hmm. you know you've got rum, you've got other liquors, you have juice, you have mm-hmm. you've got the lime juice, you've got sugar. So things that they're that they're bringing or have gotten from the New World area, and they created it around, and they saw that Long Island up there, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where it came from because they use tea. As well, they would use black tea in it. So that's kind of where the tea part comes from. But the, the, the Long Island iced tea we order now, it doesn't have tea. Oh, heck no. no. It has every drink and every cocktail. It has basically all your main liquors, <laughs> sweet and sour, and Coke. Okay. Mm-hmm. Coke is what gives it, Coca-Cola is what gives it the color of tea. Mm-hmm. Okay. And watch out. Yeah. They'll, they'll put you away quickly. <laughs> this is really, this is really good. Yeah, it really is. So, when you were in Cuba, mm-hmm. did you did you notice any differences in like the rum that they would use? Did it did the rum make a difference, or could you really even? Well, it tell? was uh, the the whole origin of Bacardi is really from Cuba. It was mm. originally made in Cuba, so they now call it Havana rum. Okay. But uh, it's basically still the same recipe from the Bacardi family that when that moved okay. over to Puerto Rico because of all the government yeah. and mm-hmm. things. So they actually uh, still use the same recipe as that. Okay. So, um, you know, cool. of course, it tasted better because I was in Cuba, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> coming yeah. back. Well, this rum we used is Puerto Rican. Yeah, and it's called yeah. Havana Club. Yeah, not Cuban. No, because we still can't get Cuban rum. I actually worked at the agency that designed this label. They re- really? They re- um, in New York City, yeah, it's an ad agency. We redid the label. It's a really cool label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, but the real, we brought back as many bottles as we could. Yeah, of ha- legally. Rum. Legally. legally. Legally, yeah. Of, <laughs> of, Cuban, of Cuban rum. Yeah, of yeah. Cuban mm-hmm. Havana rum, which was like the Bacardi rum but right it's so fascinating because I usually don't drink rum and it's because of this podcast I've drank more and I said this when we did our rum episode you've drank more of everything well <laughs> except whiskey but I said I said this before and I you know I, I kind of I'm going to stick by it I think Americans need to drink more rum mm-hmm. because not only because it's delicious but our palates are pre-trained on sweetness you know we've high fructose corn syrup talked about that a lot you know it's bad for your health but anyway 
we think about our how our palates are trained. Our palates are trained to look for sweetness and find sweetness and really like sweetness. And rum is sweet. Rum is, it's sugarcane liquor, so it's it's gonna be sweet. And I really think that there are some people, you know, Nate and I are around the same age. I think there are some people who are our age that like that like say they like whiskey but they don't because it's too bitter or it's too astringent. But if they tried a really nice aged rum, they would just dive into it. Like the Manitowano rum from Diplomatico that we've used, the Florida Connas, like yeah. I, I really think Americans need to try it try it straight. Not white rum yeah. and some not sipping even Bacardi. Well, in my not, opinion. not Don, the black. Yeah. Don Q rum mm. is a rum that I can drink by itself. Okay. And it's it's really good. It has it's a much smoother. You want some of this diplomatic? We've got two other drinks together. <laughs> but no, I've I've never had Don Q, but mm-hmm. it's one of those ones that you know, it's so it's sweet, it's delicious, it's easy to drink. I think I really think Americans need to dive into it more. I understand bourbon; it's our drink. You know, we're mm-hmm. the ones that made it. It has to come from us. But I still think that you know it would be. For a lot of people, more enjoyable to drink rum. It's amazing this is a whole rum cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> you don't even yeah. drink rum so much. Well, if and you weren't gonna, if you, if you said we shouldn't drink Bacardi or we wanted to branch out, what would yeah. you recommend with some other brands? So Diplomatico is a great one. Uh, Florida Cana is another really good one. Banacourt, it's mm-hmm. a rum out of Haiti. It's a Haitian rum. It's very, very good. That's the one I looked for, and they didn't yeah, have the. They didn't have the. They didn't have the silver. Yeah, that one. Um, I think it's Babaco. I think B A B C O. Yeah, Babaco is another one that's really good. Uh, I would say you know, you know, Bacardi's good, but I think Bacardi is kind of more of a like. It's a mixers. It's a mixers rum. And it's it's not yeah, really I, kind of I would not drink that. Yeah, just solely it's, by itself. Yeah, center of the road. It's yeah. good. It's great. It, but it I would drink Don Q, but I'll try one of those others, yeah. too, that you um, recommend. Those are some of the ones off the top of my head that I can really think. I really loved that Diplomatico that came from uh, Colombia. Yeah. That we've done before. That's really Becky, good. this is really good. Yeah. What well, else? Thank you. What else? What other information do you have for us? Well, let's see. <laughs> um, no, I just really think that people should try their own, own uh, mojito, but just make it... In the glass, I I don't know. Exactly. I've I've tried to make pitchers before for parties mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I mean it is a lot easier to make a pitcher, yeah. and I've just never gotten the ratio down of, of ingredients for it. So well, I think it's that, like trying to up any kind of food mm-hmm. ratio to thirty people. You know, you don't need thirty times the salt. Yeah. So you wouldn't need thirty times the sugar. Yeah. You know, it's that whole kind of thing. So, so I think, yeah. I, think I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I secretly, I've always wanted to be a bartender. Yeah. In, a, in an airport. Honestly. Okay. In an airport. <laughs> in an airport. Really. You, I love to talk to people and bars in the airport. And you were and, worried about being on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine all the people I'd meet every day at a oh, bar? Yeah. Anyway, but it would be fun. Um, wow. Well, you but, know, there's some places. When we go to St. Martin, I've talked about St. Martin a lot, but once we finally get through all the security, 
where do you think we go first? To the bar. To the bar. Uh And it's like the other people like us are just headed to that bar. And the bartenders are just so excited to see you. Mm -hmm. And they're so friendly. And then they pour you that drink. I think I'd be really great at it. You know. Yeah. (laughs) I think you would too. Because I like to be creative too. So that's one reason I like making bojitos because it really has a creative edge to it. Yeah. I think with any cocktail, you know, mm-hmm. like a, bar- a good bartender really adds a little something extra mm-hmm. uh, so to it. You just don't follow the recipe exactly. Right. All right. Well, I think we're going to take a step away from the cocktails for a second because, well, when I introduced Nate, I, you know, I said he's a friend of the family, longtime listener, first time caller. Um, but Nate is also the creative director for a new spiked sparkling coconut water that I really hope comes to Arkansas and I really hope we can. Yeah, we can, really we can make that happen. Um, it's called Sun Boy. So we actually have some Sun Boy here that we're going to you know, take a step away from the cocktail a little bit and um, kind of try it. So, Nate, go ahead and kind of tell us kind of where this come tell from. Tell us your origin story. <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of where it come from because okay. I know there's an interesting story behind it. And then kind of what makes Sun Boy different than other sparkling um, spiked so beverages. Yeah. yeah, sure. Well, I'll first say, I mean, I know this is a, it's a cocktail podcast, but we do like to think of this as a canned cocktail. That's, you know, as I, I tell you the story, we started with cocktails. So yeah, about eight years ago in New York City, I, I'm a, a graphic designer. That's why I said I had a hand in designing that Havana mm-hmm. Club label. Um, and I work on designing packaging and, and advertising. Uh, two of my friends, very gregarious guys, they love uh, coconuts independently they both love coconuts <laughs> okay and where were they from uh one luke is from australia ended mm-hmm. up in new york and yair is from california okay so they're really california for- australia new york city exactly yeah wow what we a all, come together we all ended up there um and we decided to start eight years ago a coconut fresh coconut company i i designed a cart for them it's like it looks like an ice cream cart with the icebox on the front and we would set them up on the street we had a relationship with madison square garden we had it parked out there out front all summer and we would sell um, fresh coconuts that we chop off the top and give people a straw and you know we'd sell them for like eight bucks so what year did this start uh, it was eight years ago oh that's way mm. pre-covid oh yeah oh yeah. yeah but it was actually um it was you know we had to have these big refrigerated trucks come mm-hmm. around and fill up all of the um, the stations we had throughout the city and it was just it was a lot of work and you know by the time you, you sold it it uh, wasn't like yeah so um but w- what we ended up doing is people wanted us to cater their parties so we bring coconuts to a party and it would end up being like brands like nike or yves saint Laurent or i don't know pretty much any some yeah. famous people fa- famous people yeah, yeah kim kardashian had us um so we bring coconuts Who's that? What is that? Uh, he asked who that was. Don't, just don't, don't mind him. Don't mind him. She's a, yeah. <laughs> She's a person yeah. who people know. Uh, but, you know, if you take, you know, the coconut comes with the, it's like the brown thing in the center, the nut. Yeah. It has the you got that whole hole on the outside. It's green. So it's basically like the videos, or if you if people have ever traveled to the Caribbean, where they're like, they take the machete and they're like yes. lopping off the top and lop it off and you're drinking the coconut water. Exactly. That's what you guys were doing. Exactly. Cool. Now, 
Are you like that Caribbean guy? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But we, we realized you could we realized you could you could uh you know, if you shave off the, the green part then you you're left with a white hole and you could put a you could brand a company's logo on that coconut. Oh yeah. So companies would hire us to have their parties and then we'd create these like very Instagrammable moments where people are yeah. drinking out of a coconut and it has their logo on it. And honestly like Drinking out of the coconut is so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's just like people love seeing them. Getting them, love seeing the top chopped off. It's very like, mm-hmm. visual. Now, were you putting alcohol in them yet the or not? We, then we started doing that. Then we started making cocktails in the coconuts. Okay. So we'd add rum um, and other mixers to it. Sometimes a little pineapple juice. And so then that's, you know, we started making these like coconut cocktails within coconuts. So it was going great. We had a great, you know, really... For 2000, the year 2000, we had a great yeah. year that lined up, all these parties lined up, and then COVID hit. Mm. And like our whole business yeah. is based on events, which right. obviously is not going to happen. 2020. Oh, yeah. What did I say? 2000. Yeah. <laughs> well, 20 years later. I mean, yeah. it's a time warp. Yeah. It's yeah, it, okay. COVID. Yeah. 2020. You're your mojito. Yeah. Your <laughs> so, yeah. And we decided we've always wanted to do a canned coconut cocktail. So, this is kind of like, you know, this is a canned version of what we were having in our, our fresh coconut. Right. And so, you know, a couple of week, couple of weeks back, or no, probably about a month and a half. So we did a seltzer podcast and, and I'm not saying this just because Nate's a family friend. This is the most unique can seltzer it really that I've is. ever had. And it's probably the best. And one of the reasons I think that is, is because you guys use real juice in your, in your cocktail so most of the time you know it's some kind of flavor additive that's sugary and kind of kicks up that sweetness but you guys use real juice in this and you know this tangerine it it says you know there's 43 percent of real tangerine juice in it which i think makes it makes it really special and i think it makes it more to me i mean it's obviously going to kick up the calorie count because juices have calories but I still think it's better. It, to me, it, I, I feel better drinking this than I would drinking like a White Claw or the Swell or even the Lost 41 that we had. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Dad? I think so, too. Now, a lot of the spritzers that we looked at, so I went to the liquor store and I'm, I'm going, well, where's the spritzers? Are they over here in the beer area? And he goes, oh, no, we got this whole big area. Well, most of them are around that 100 count. Yeah. So yours are running a little bit higher than that. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I think your your quality and your your fruit taste seems to be better. Yeah, I mean, that's something we, we learned is a really good cocktail is just really simple ingredients and pure good ingredients. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we, we were, you know, that's something we were looking at the market and we're like, you know, a White Claw and there's truly and all these other seltzers out there. They're all at 100 calories, but it's just impossible to keep it at that end and have real flavor and real juice in it. Yeah, so we use the one we're having now is, is a fresh tangerine juice mm-hmm. that's in it. And then... Yeah, what are the other flavors that you guys have with uh, right now? We have passion fruit, tangerine. Pineapple. Pineapple, and, and we're going to launch a mango at the end of the summer, which Ooh, is really good. That'll yeah. be really good. Yeah. And you guys don't add any extra sugar or anything like that? No added sugar. It, you know, the, it, it's just the fruit sugar. 
It's the fruit sugar, but it's also the coconut water. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah, and the coconut water has quite a bit of sugar in it as well. Right. I mean, not like a ton, but... Yeah. Well, that's why you guys get that sweet, good flavor without having to add any refined sugar. In. Exactly. It's all nat- It's natural sugars, and then you guys use the... Sh- do you guys do a, a malt liquor, or do you do like a sugar liquor? We do a malt, we do a malt liquor. It is it's from fermented sugar cane. So okay, but it is classified as a malt liquor, so that allows us to to sell in grocery stores and things like that. Okay, yeah, and then the the coconut water is, uh, you know, f- through our business doing selling fresh coconuts, we've learned that coconuts from Southeast Asia have they're a little sweeter and they have a nuttier flavor, almost sometimes like a little hazelnut flavor mm-hmm. to them, um, whereas. Like Latin America, it's a little more sour. Okay. So all of our, our coconut water comes from um, Southeast Asia, and I and I think it gives it like just a little bit of like a, a funky like natural wine yeah flavor. And I kind of I understand now why you kind of consider this and why you guys think of it as a cocktail. I mean, you sell it in the space of a seltzer, and you could but you could also sell it in the space of a of the canned cocktails because. You're using great ingredients. You're using the natural stuff. You're trying not to add it anything that you can, but you are still keeping it healthy, fun, and fresh. Yeah, um, which I think is which I think is fantastic. It's, I do it's too. really good. Yeah, it's I really mean, good. so my friend Jordan, who hates all seltzers, absolutely does not like any seltzer I've ever put in front of her. She tried one the other night and was like, "I love this. I think it's great." And that to me, that's a huge marker of making something quality without making something too sweet because i really enjoy it because it does have some sweetness to it it has that fresh it really tastes like tangerine juice you know it's only five percent alcohol so it's something it's definitely a beach day drink it's definitely a a lake drink you know for us you know it's you know lake drink boat drinks like this barbecue drinks barbecue drinks i mean it it's it's fantastic and i you know you guys have done a great job with this product Thank you. So the thing I noticed is that so many of the seltzers, well, they're carbonated water, or some 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 sort of sparkling water, and to me, I drink those, and then my my stomach is like bubbling because of that water. Yeah, I don't get that with this. Yeah, and that Mm -hmm. to me is an excellent plus. It really is, and then the like Josh said that Jordan was saying, the taste is. So much better than some of them. Now, the one I did on the podcast was so fruit forward. Yeah. Josh didn't like it. I like fruit forward. It This one's like middle of the road. I mean, that Smitty Swell tasted like Harborough Peach Rings. Oh, yeah. As an alcohol. Oh, come That's on. That's what it tasted like. <laughs> no, it's literally what I tasted. I said, All right. this reminds me of Harborough Peach Rings. That's what it does. Mm. But not, this not is. Not the most uh, natural. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But this is very natural. And I think, you know, yeah. it's a great product. I and love hearing that. Thank so now what's, what's the plan? So you've, you're in New York City area. So what's the plan? You've told us about 32 states. Yes. We're what's in New York that City. plan? Um, you can get it on taproom.com. Um, deliver it if you're anywhere in New York State. Right. Um, you know, with alcohol, as I'm sure you guys know, mm-hmm. there's all these like laws. With oh, we got terrible laws. We, can't yeah. get, we couldn't yeah. get it delivered no matter what. Yeah. So we, uh, there's, we're going to be, I think next week, we're going to be able to be delivered in 32 more states besides New York State. Um, I don't think Arkansas is one of them because I've been looking. It looks like your laws yeah. are pretty strict. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, we're gonna we're in Whole Foods now in New York City. 
hopefully um, we'll have a distributor down here soon. Yeah, I mean, have it. I mean, being able to be right if it's go to Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah, being able to get in Whole Foods, you know, is, it shows that not only do you guys have people that are willing to put you into a major market, but that health that health food side of it as well, which I think is another great thing, and hopefully that will be able to spread to Whole Foods nationwide because I think this is a this is something that people would really enjoy, and I love. So I'm not a huge coconut fan. I don't take the I don't taste the coconut at all. Which yeah. I think is which I think is fantastic, and it's definitely more fruit, fruit flavored than anything. So all of our listeners out in New York, go check it out. <laughs> go buy some beer Avengers. Go <laughs> beer Avengers. Check it out. Um, check it out. It's it's a really great product, especially now that it's hot. It's steamy. I think what we were at ninety eight percent humidity today here in Arkansas. Yeah, ninety four feels like one hundred and six, <laughs> which is gross. Uh, but it's a really it's a really good product, and I'm I'm excited to see where you guys go with this because it's it's now. Really do you great. actually have ideas about taking like the tangerine and turning it into a cocktail by adding different things? Or That's just, something I and I'd love just to talk the, to you guys about it as well. Like ways to kind of dress it up. I think there's a lot you could do. If you put this, would make a great mimosa. It would. You put the tangerine yes. into with a good sparkling oh, with wine a spark. to make a mimosa. It would be it would be lights out. My brain always already went to rum. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean a tequila. You know, talking talking uh, back to what tequila. Becky said, a tequila sunrise. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. With, with this true. and some tequila, or if you want to make a faux margarita, mm-hmm. you know, take a swig out of the can, add a swig of tequila in there. You know, you're there's there's a lot of places this can go, and I really do think you know there are definitely cocktail options. There. Right. Right. But you know, Nate, like I said, you guys, you and your partners who are running this is, are doing a great job, and I think you guys, I think you guys have a long way to go. Thank you, I appreciate it. So, so how many different distributors are you going to hook up with? I mean, you got the thirty-two states. Yeah, that's one distributor that they can ship it to thirty-two states. Oh, okay. We we still have to go state by state and find distributors. Yeah, that's our issue. Well, I think. Yeah. well, with Arkansas, yeah, I think this this would be great for a lot of people portfolio around town but anyway so i know somebody with moon maybe i can hook them up yeah well we'll we'll uh we'll get into that off air mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so all right i think we have one last double cocktail to get to and it's the uh the hemingway daiquiri now for those of you who have listened to the podcast before and especially the tools of the trade cocktail podcast this will be a familiar cocktail to you initially. And then dad did his thing about it. So dad, now, tell now us. Now, wait a minute. Tell us about the cocktail. It's the Hemingway Daiquiri. And why it's a double is because the story goes that Hemingway was in Cuba. And he probably was looking for a bathroom. <laughs> so he found supposedly El Feridio. Now, like you said, it could have been another one. But he walks in, he does his thing, he comes back, the bartender's like making daiquiris, and he's putting them up on the bar. Hemingway takes one, drinks some of it, and says, oh no, I don't want any sugar, added sugar, and make mine a double. Now this man was an alcoholic, 
So because I like doubles, don't say I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> but that's how the story went, and that's how it became Papa Doble. Didn't he also not need the sugar because he was diabetic? So I'm going to get to that in a minute. Okay. There was another disease that he had that would that would lead to diabetes. But the recipe that I used is two jiggers. Okay, it's a double. And it and this one says you could use Bacardi Gold, but we used the white. We used the Havana, and then he liked grapefruit. Now a lot of daiquiris don't have grapefruit, mm-hmm. and so when I bought the grapefruit juice, John goes, "Oh, there's really no drinks I like with grapefruit juice," but that's what <laughs> he liked. So it's one ounce of grapefruit juice. Got the two jiggers of rum. Which is three ounces, by the way. Well, is uh, my jigger is one and a half or okay. one and it's one? No, it's one no, and a half. No, mine is one and three, one and a half. So yeah, now you got three. So then you got one ounce of grapefruit juice. You got one ounce of lime juice, and the recipe I found said three quarters ounce of Ricardo Maraschino liqueur. Yeah. And I cut it down to a half. Of course you did. Well, <laughs> why did you say that? I, that's because, just you way, don't, because you don't like things that are sweet. Okay. that To me, that was way over the top. So that's what it is. You, you shake it up. You make it. You make it. You put it in your cocktail shaker. You shake it up with ice. You put it in your coupe glass. Maraschino, is that a... Maraschino. Yeah, Luxardo Maraschino liqueur is what he uses. And, you know, that. so the Luxardo, the Maraschino liqueur and the grapefruit and the grapefruit juice is what makes a Hemingway daiquiri a Hemingway daiquiri. Um, A regular daiquiri is just sugar, lime juice, and rum. Right. Shake it up and, and serve. But the Luxardo and the grapefruit juice are what kind of Make it the Hemingway. So when I smell it, what do you smell? Rum. I smell a little cherry. A little yeah, yeah, I get the I get a huge yeah. smell of the cherry. Yeah, I got. And say, I only did a half ounce instead of three quarters. I, I, I and then I when I taste it, I get a lot of that too. But there is lots of rum. Yeah, there's a lot of rum. That's nice though. I like that. And a lot of grapefruit juice. Yeah. When I heard you were doing a daiquiri, I. I, when I think of daiquiris, I just think that they're frozen and red strawberries. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, frozen, red, you know, red as, red as a strawberry and icy as a slush. Yes. <laughs> right. But yeah, so that, I mean, that's that preconceived notion of, you know, of what a daiquiri was in the 70s and 80s and yeah. 90s. And this is that resurgent to going back to what it was. Right. And I think so. I think Hemingway, you know, he added the grapefruit juice. Because and he did the double. Well, I think he had the grapefruit juice partly because of the disease that you were going to talk about. Because most diseases that have anything to do with sugar, if you're going to rebalance your sugar, you want acid because mm-hmm. that's what balances it out. So but, the right app doesn't say that, but you're right. But then also, he was an alcoholic, so he needed some sort of so sweetness not, in I, there. And that's I'm not sure Lissardo which happened from. first. <laughs> <laughs> well. The alcoholic well, I, or the, the Hemingway daiquiri? <laughs> no, or the disease. <laughs> well, I mean. So, 
what I read was that his dad had this same disease, and I'm not a I'm not a doctor. Well, I have the doctor read this, mm-hmm. but it's hemochromatosis, and what it what it really is is an excess of iron, and it pulls iron actually out of your brain and other places and causes fatigue and causes mm. joint pain, weakness, weight loss, and stomach pain. And so he combated it by drinking. He self-medicated <laughs> himself. <laughs> self-medicated. So, so it's like 25% of the patients that finally get diagnosed, they already have cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, really? That is such a, that's a really Yeah, sad. it's terrible. You know, you know, it, it just pulls that iron from the brain all the way, all the mm-hmm. way down through to the, even wow. to the feet. So it's a horrible disease. But this is a great cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> even as I'm a gonna double? Sw- I'm going to switch us back to the cocktail a little bit. It's a very boozy it cocktail. It is a boozy cocktail. It's very boozy. It I is. It is booze forward, but <laughs> it's also, it's got a great bitterness. So it you does. didn't want me to talk about testicular malfunction? No, I really no. don't. <laughs> don't want to talk about that i would love to talk more about the cocktail though all right talk about it. so i you know the grapefruit to me that like there's a weird like there's a harshness to the smell of this cocktail mm-hmm. when i smell it and i think it to me it's the great trying to pick it apart it's the grapefruit and the luxardo mm-hmm. that are kind of in competition yeah because luxardo is sweet maraschino cherries are going to be a little bit more floral have that sweetness grapefruit is sweet but it's harsh yeah to me it's always a very as the um you know when you're talking about blood oranges oranges grapefruits limes and lemon to me grapefruit is always the most astringent Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's got a weird little bit of sweetness in there but it's always the most astringent Mm -hmm. no lime it's lime is bitter with a little bit of greenness Lemon is just sour and make your mouth pucker. Oranges have that little bit of bitterness or sweet and great. And blood oranges also have that extra sweetness. But grapefruit is one that's always in kind of contrast. Mm-hmm. Like it, it has a hard time figuring itself out, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I think that playing against the maraschino kind of give you that tension in the smell and, and kind of in the taste of the cocktail as well. You know, a lot of people when they have that that grapefruit for breakfast they'll sprinkle the sugar on there yeah to kind of counteract that's, that that's me i, I can't you? drink grapefruit without sugar on mm-hmm. okay well you know clearly yeah. Hemingway could not do that yeah with this disease he had and so it's a very interesting cocktail so dad is this your first time really kind of getting into a Hemingway daiquiri or have you had any experiences with them before I've never had any experience with them before. This pot, you know, doing the research for this podcast, I wanted to do the Hemingway Daiquiri because of the stories. You know, Hemingway is such a great, great writer. And Joanna and I have been in a book club, and we read this book called The Trip to Echo Springs. And it's a it's a interesting book because the writer is talking about Frank Scott Fitzgerald, Hemingway himself, Tennessee Williams, John Berryman, 
and John Sever and Raymond Carver, who were all great American writers, but they were all alcoholics. And so it's a it's a great story to find out that, you know, Josh and I had a podcast where we talked about a movie where where the teachers of this was it it was in Denmark. Denmark, yeah. Where the teachers university college level professors. That's they, right. And they were actually boozing up just a little bit and realizing that they could teach better. I think these writers figured mm-hmm. out that if they were boozed up a lot, they wrote a lot better. Well, Hemingway has a famous quote. It's uh, write drunk, edit sober. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's his <laughs> right. Because yeah. that was his, you know, the same the thing that you're talking about, you know, alcohol lo- loosens you up, lets you kind of let ideas flow more freely. But when you need to, like, edit and make sure things make sense, you don't need you don't need that because you need to be serious about it. But I really recommend the book. It's a great read. It's a great story. You don't really realize that many of our great American writers wrote drunk. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nate, what do you think of this cocktail? I actually, I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, say, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. <laughs> it uh, I would have never thought that it had grapefruit in it. it just, I mean, it doesn't. It's not pink in any way. It's kind of a yellowish green color. Well, I, I get the bitterness from You get from the bitterness, the but, but it, it doesn't. I don't know. Like Just tasting it. It has almost... Like now, a lot of the recipes, of course, you had a simple syrup. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. But that wasn't Hemingway's thing. Yeah. It has, I don't know, it has almost like a, like a fermented taste to me, like molasses or something. Um, yeah. I, I think it's great. What do you think, Becky? Well, this will not be my new go-to cocktail. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, because... What if we put some mint leaves in it? I might like it. <laughs> maybe a little sugar in maybe it. Maybe we use the simple syrup. Yeah. yeah. It's... It's it's a little too bitter for me, uh-huh. uh, a little too uh, strong alcohol rum. Yeah. Fla- I mean, uh, yeah, rum flavored for mm-hmm. me. So, and not that it's not good, but it's definitely a good sipping one yeah. because yeah. I could like drink this for two hours because it's it's two not hours. We well, don't have that much. <laughs> so it's definitely a sipping cocktail for me, but it won't will it won't be one of the ones that I. That I've learned so many things from your podcast about different cocktails to ask for now when I go to bars. So well, now you one, know not. I will to order not this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that it's not good. It's like you guys love it, but um, you know, like I, I told Josh the other night. He said, "Well, what do you think about the Hemingway cocktail?" And I said, "Well, you know, it's kind of over the top. Mm-hmm. So it's not." going to be one of my go-tos well he initially often. he initially said well the original recipe uh, you know it was okay but then i found this double recipe and <laughs> yeah. i think i'm yeah. gonna go with that one so well, yeah a lot Hemingway. of the recipes for, yeah. a lot of the recipes for the Hemingway daiquiri it's like one jigger and it's like wait a oh. minute that's not a double yeah and that's not what Who he you're trying to kid mm-hmm. i think you know you order this like at the end of the night when you want to go to the after after party yeah you know, <laughs> right. you're not going Right. Well, and in fact, one of the recipes showed it in served in a hurricane glass oh. with with crushed ice. 
Now that would have to be interesting yeah. too. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of different versions, but this is the one I stuck on. Of course, right. Well, well, I think so. I really do think that there was probably a time in the history of the of the Hemingway daiquiri where it wasn't a double, where it may not have actually been a double. But with the story that you have, there could I believe that there was a time where he ended up asking for a double. That's right. Because, you know, like I said, I've I've done this cocktail on our podcast before, in our tools. That mm-hmm. was my it was my shaking cocktail, mm-hmm. and it was a single jigger. So it was it was a single. Yeah, the but, and the yeah. proportions, everything else were the same. Right. And it's a really well balanced cocktail. There's no sugar in it. It's still. You think this is balanced? No. Okay. I the was one that say, I made was okay. balanced. Yeah. That, I was going to say, saying. this is not balanced. This is, this is a boozy cocktail. But I think, you, like you're saying, it's part of the story of this cocktail. Right. I think it's part of the full arc of this cocktail. Would I order it this way? Probably not. But would I order it with a single yeah. rather than a double? Right. Maybe, because you do get a good bit of bitterness. You do get that little bit of astringency. Well, and that grapefruit yeah. makes a huge difference. Which, you know, just kind of brightens it up. And I think it's it's something that I think if you enjoy daiquiris, I think you should try. A, a, a single Hemingway daiquiri. Yeah. Rather okay. than a double. All right. Have you been to Key West, you guys? I have a long time ago, yeah. Back I did, yeah. I, I loved Key West, so. Did you ever go to Sloppy Joe's? Yes, I have. All right. Well, Sloppy yeah. Joe's is an important part of Hemingway's story. Because mm-hmm. since I'm not sure the, the date, Sloppy Joe's started in 1933. So that's really mm-hmm. back in the Hemingway era. That's where he used to go. And him, Yeah. Hemingway went there. So that was his bar. Not sure why it wasn't called the Hemingway, but that was his bar. And in fact, every year since about night, I don't have it in front of me, but it's like about 1980 something, they have the Hemingway lookalike contest. So they have people come and try try to compete to say, I look like Hemingway. (laughs) Now, I don't. So there you go. But Joanne and I went to sloppy joe's one time and it was it's quite interesting because it was it was bike week and if you've ever been to key west there's so many people having a good time Mm -hmm. so it was bike week and they had they had a lot of things going on there was there was a lot of a lot of singing and dancing and whatever and so they're looking around, and it's like, okay, you, 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 you. We're going to do YMCA. Gosh. Oh, no. Well, you were one of the village people? No. So they get five bikers, not four. So we got the guy that's Y, M, C, A, and they got the, they got the last guy. And his name was Frank, because we saw him later at a different bar. Uh-huh. And it's like, why? M C A. Wait a minute. We got an extra guy. What's he going to do? And it's like, why? M C A. Ooh. Why? M C 
hey, boom. <laughs> so we saw Frank later, and it's like, hey, Frank, mm. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's Key West is a great place to go. It's a fun, fun place, but now there's a lot of there's sadness about Hemingway. You know the sadness. Well, the end of his life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the end, end of his life. And in fact, he, you know, he's a great sportsman, and of course, he wrote, you know, the old man of the sea. Is that the name of it? Yeah, yeah, that's and, what it is. You know, he 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 wrote these things, and so he was a big hunter and gunsman and he had some people over and he says this is how i'm gonna do it and he takes his double barrel shotgun and sticks it in his mouth and shows him (laughs) and so on july the 2nd 1961 he did it so he'd have been 62 on july the i think it's july the 12th the sad you know he's got a sad story yeah, he was, but, you know, he was a great writer and added so much to, you know, American history and especially alcohol culture. You know, he's he gave us this wonderful cocktail and some of the other things, but, you know, I kind of want to circle back to the cocktail. You know, it's a, it's a you know, uh, you could say it's out of proportion, you know, which could, you could say was like Hemingway's life. So it really kind of encapsulates right. him. I just want to say thank you for you guys for being here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank, you, right. thank you so much. This has been such a fun episode. It really you know, has. Cocktails, you know, we can, you know, it's kind of an, an open game for us. I really want to thank you guys for being on with us. Thank you. And um, thank you for having us. Yeah. Really well, thank you. It's been fun. Yeah. I look forward to seeing some more Sunboy coming uh-huh. around yeah. in Arkansas and then just to see you guys again. So, um, we want to thank everybody also just for coming and listening to this podcast. Nate, if anybody wants to follow Sunboy, how can they follow um, Sunboy to see kind of what's going on and see if it's sold where they live? Yeah, if you go to drinksunboy.com, um, we have, you can go to the website. You can find out more about Sunboy. And also we have a, a Find Us page with a map. You can put in your zip code and, and see where it's available near you. Okay, great. You guys, Instagram or... Instagram, um, it's at Drink Sunboy. Okay, great. Well, and Becky, we're just happy to have you in town happy before well, thank you fly off back to Florida <laughs> uh-huh. or wherever is going to be next yeah. for you. And so, Dad, I'll be back. Oh yeah, <laughs> you'll be back. Um, Dad, uh, next week is going to be a wine week. What are we going to be doing? We're going to do rosés. So, Dad, what are you doing next week? I'm doing the Lacrima Rosé. All right, and I'm going to be doing the Bonnie Dune Vingree, so both American rosés next week. It's going to be lots of fun. Uh, Once again, you know, we are very happy to have you guys listen to us, reach out to us on all the socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, most active on Instagram, at Acquired Tastings. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any episode ideas, and we just love communicating with you. If you feel like sending us an email, we are acquired tastings at gmail.com. And it's just, it's just been a great episode. So once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.